This is a Broad Pods production. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. This is Broad Radio for you by you. Broad Radio. Here for more. Good morning and welcome to Broad Radio. I'm Jo Stanley and with me today as my co-host is Bianca Chatfield, who I adore, B. <laughs> oh, I adore you too. Look at you looking so bright and colourful. It's nice to be in the same space. Remember how back in the day, which was really only a month ago maybe, we were joining each other remotely and I it was know. so strange. Oh, it was odd, wasn't it? But anyway, it's so great to be here. It's great that the weather is warm again. Doesn't it just bring a smile to your face when the sunshine is out? It really does. In Melbourne, we just yearn for that sunshine sunshine and then about two days into a 30 degree heat wave we start whinging about it again don't we what do you do do you go down to the bay what how do you cool down on these hot days i i stay out of the sun but look at it a lot okay just admire you with your pregnant belly oh my god you're gonna go through a summer with a big old belly it's no fun well lucky i just take my paddleboard out that's my Mm. little escape at the moment whether i will be able to do that in a few more weeks i don't know but i'm gonna try my hardest what you do is you just sort of just sit in the shallows like a just wade yeah. just, just that's all you do it's delightful <laughs> hey we've got an awesome show for you today i'm really excited about all three of our guests comedian and whiz with a glue gun kel wilson is returning to help us get through christmas i'm hoping she's got some christmas ideas that don't involve crafting because i'm not handy me neither <laughs> not not in that kind of way i'm handy like more oh, like renovating but yeah, not excuse like excuse me i mean you've got like bunnings just completely on speed dial so you are pretty handy I know that also today we're going to be learning how to build inclusive cultures with thought leader and entrepreneur Winitha Bonney who is one of my new favorite people that I've met this year Um, and we're going to explore matrescence this is a term that maybe you haven't heard before certainly I only heard it this year matrescence is the transformation of a woman as she goes through motherhood I love it. I love it as a term. We're going to be learning that from women's wellbeing expert, Elise Clement. So, of course, it would be awesome if you would like to share your comments and thoughts as you're watching live today. If you can't watch live, you can always catch up on all of our episodes with Broad Radio on the go, wherever you get your podcast. And before we get into the nitty gritty of the show, we have to announce that our crowdfunding campaign closed on Saturday evening with much fanfare. Was it Ro? I don't know. We were doing a Facebook Live that yeah. didn't work because I didn't know how to connect people. So in the end, we had to go over to Instagram. We did an Insta Live and yeah. we were talking and in the middle of the conversation, it just ended, just kind of petered out. It was like, okay, you're done now. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> absolutely lovely though it was lovely we shared a champagne and we had a few people joining us it was super exciting and we raised $57,700 well done to you all and the team behind it but everyone also who contributed that's just a huge effort isn't it just the start oh my you're god telling well, me. that's it you can go oh wow what a celebration I'm like yes now it's only the beginning <laughs> thanks to Deborah Conway for <laughs> inspiring me every time because now we build the app which is a big big thing and uh, it's going to be a six 
six-month process at least, I'd say. But, um, yeah, it's just super exciting to be on that journey, as they say. Oh, and I, I, I know you love your technology, mm. so how do you go with the whole app development side of things? I'm not doing it. Oh, come on. I'm paying people who are. <laughs> why would people give me money to make an app? I need to give the money to the experts. So, no, that's not me, all right? But it's going to be amazing. I can't wait to bring it to you. Before we get to our first guest, Cal Wilson, I do want to just bring up a story that I saw in the news which I'm, I, firstly, people might think I'm obsessed with you and your pregnancy, right, Bianca? Because it's literally all I talk about. The thing is, I'm old, right? I turn 50 next year. Yep. So I don't have anyone in my inner circle actually having babies anymore. So I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited it's for you. It's just so topical, isn't it, now? We might as well talk about it more and more. Oh, so many people having babies. It's amazing. So I saw this story in the news that I had to bring up with you. It's about uh, New Zealand MP Julie Ann Genter. Or maybe it's Genta. Apologies if I'm mispronouncing that. <laughs> who cycled to hospital while in labour. And here's, here's her arriving at the hospital. She's just had a contraction there, right? <laughs> Look at her bike. It's all rigged up. Hilarious. And then this is her actually riding to hospital. So obviously her partner's on a bike next to her, has taken a photo <laughs> and she's, she's arrived at 2am and she gave birth only like 10 minutes later. Amazing. unbelievable. Now, I mean, I've never been in labour. I'm thinking about it a lot, what it's going to be all about. But is this the thing you should be doing? Should I be trying to ride to the hospital? Well, um, <laughs> I remember that they like you moving around when you're in labour. Like, okay. sort of, have you done classes yet? No, not really. No, okay, no. <laughs> so they do sort of talk about maybe keeping walking around the birthing suite or something. I don't know. But I would, I mean, I can't ride a bike safely. No, I wouldn't enjoy riding a bike like at the best of times, <laughs> let alone when you're in labour. And apparently, I know she was induced for her first birth as well, but she rode to the hospital for her first birth as well. Keen cyclist, I'm going to say. She's got all the gear. I know. And- look, at the, look at her bike. She's got a thing on the front that's basically the baby carrier. Like, yeah. I guess they're going to ride home with the baby in the front there. But this is the thing, B. I don't know. But every woman, surely, when they're pregnant, certainly, certainly I did, um, you just, as you get closer to your due date, all you can think about is, what if I go into labour at Coles? Yes. What if I go into labour, like... You know, when I'm at Cheston doing Christmas shopping. Or I think, what happens if my waters break on this brand new rug I've just bought? Like that, <laughs> that's the stuff that I've been thinking as well. Going, does it just happen like that? Will I not be? Will I not have any understanding of when it's about to happen? I can't tell you because I was induced, so I didn't have that experience myself. But I have a friend who was in a cafe, right? Yeah, and she was with her husband in the cafe, and she's just gone, oh. I think I just wet myself. <laughs> and he's gone, uh, no, Em, I think you're in labour. And she's gone, no, this isn't it, is it? And she, like, she had to just sort of waddle out of there. I've gone, what did you do? She's like, well, I didn't even tell them. I felt bad. Like, like see us. I can clean up my bodily fluids. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just so ridiculous. But, you know, I'm one of those people that I just want to know everyone's birth stories. I'm obsessed by it at the moment. I listen to podcasts about birth stories. Every friend of mine, as soon as they've gone through the labor and, you know, we go to meet the baby, I'm like, tell me all about it. Like, I want to know all the details. No, no, you're not hooked up, right? That is the worst thing to ask people. But I'm a, like, I'm a trained biology teacher. So it's the science behind it all and the body and the hormones. I'm fascinated by it. But because I've never had to go through it myself, I'm quite happy to hear about other people. Oh, now I'm going to no. be going, oh, no. I feel bad. I don't like to tell women who haven't given birth yet what it's like. Really? Which then makes me think I'm contributing to the lies. I'm contributing to the fact that women aren't actually given all the information they need. But I don't want to freak them out because <laughs> it's literally the worst day of your life. Well, there's no going back from this moment. I might as well know it all now. I mean, it's the greatest day if my daughter is watching. I love you very much. It was the greatest gift ever, but the worst day of my life. Anyway, we won't go into oh, it. Um, let's, get to our, let's get to our first guest. Um, she's an absolute delight. She's returning to the show. We love her because she's super funny comedian, Kel Wilson, but also whiz with a glue gun and she's going to help us get through Christmas. Um, you would know her from her amazing career as a stand-up comedian you would have seen her on have you been paying attention and all the all the things and here she is hi cal hi joe hi bianca um can can i just can i just add to the birth conversation just quickly two things i wanted to um 
I wanted to get to. Um, Bianca, this is the way birth is. It's a hard day's work, and at the end of it, you win a person. <laughs> okay, great. See, Kel's talking That's to me like an athlete now. <laughs> yeah, well, it's full on, but then at the end of it, you, you win a person. Like, there's another person in the room that wasn't in the room before. It's amazing. Um, and the... the um, the politician riding her bike to hospital mm. while in labour, literally a push bike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> do you know Cal you you were the first ever comedy show that I ever went to like I didn't know much about comedy at all and we have a mutual friend in Belinda who I went to school with and she was like you've got to come and see my comedian friend and she's got a show at Melbourne Comedy Festival and this would have been I think what maybe nearly 15 20 years ago and off we went to watch your first show or my first show and from then on I've been hooked from the Melbourne Comedy Festival ever since it was just and because then you also I know that you love the block and obviously being a Kiwi you love your sport as well so it's just so great to have you back on and talking to you again oh that's lovely that's so lovely um, yeah and I'm, I'm thrilled for you I always get really excited when other people get pregnant and have babies because it's just it's the biggest adventure that it's, someone calls it the longest shortest time and that's exactly it like there'll be times when you just go how is it still only nine o'clock in the morning? And then all of a sudden, like me, I'm going, how is my son going to high school next year? Yes. <laughs> oh, so your son's going to high school as well as my daughter's starting high school. Has he been trained on how to use a locker? Because I was talking about you made, this. Sorry, I've written it down. I've written it down so I can ask if he knows how to. <laughs> he hasn't had his orientation day yet, but oh my lord, it's a whole other worry. <laughs> I know, but because I was talking about this affair before, that my daughter's starting high school, and one of the things they're really concerned about is that they they have to take their actual lock home <laughs> over Christmas and practice using like the you know like the, a combination the combination lock. lock. <laughs> And then the same thing for my nephew. Um, this is a thing that apparently you seven students, they just cannot work out how to do the locker. It's making the lock sound really comprehensive. Like they're also going to give them like a set of pickpocket tools. Before they get to their locker. Exactly. Anyway, exciting times. Um, Bianca's getting a baby for Christmas um, and you're here to help us get through Christmas. Um, are you ready? Are you ready for Christmas yourself? Because you're, you're as a DIY crafter, I imagine you go nuts. I have I have gone nuts. Uh, but this year I'm kind of weirded out. Like, like this year it felt like it was March for seven years and now suddenly it's Christmas. Like I don't know how we've got to this end of the year. Um, but the good thing is I find making craft very soothing. And so that's what I can do it for Christmas. I have nothing else is organized, but I'm like, oh no, I've just got to make a wreath for someone. And that's a lovely present for them. So it's really, um, I'm just self-soothing with my glue gun. <laughs> and I haven't, yeah. I haven't sort of thought about what we're going to have for dinner. It's still, is it still November? I feel it should still be. It's just November. I don't need to decide what we're having for dinner yet. Christmas no, Day. No, you but, do yeah, not just, need to decide. I'll, I'll think about it, though, for like 24 days. And then the day before, I'll be like, oh, we should do a turkey. That won't happen. Um, but my favourite thing to do, the, the I love giving people things, but all my nieces and nephews just want money. Mm. Like the kids get to a certain point where they just want money. But to uh, satisfy my need to give them craft, I make sure that I, if I'm giving them money, I always give them a tiny thing as well. And I found these tiny little Christmas trees at Ikea. How cute Ooh, is that? Yes. A little bit plain though. Decorate them. Just decorate them. <laughs> Look at that. Uh, I, I would live in a $2 shop if I was allowed to. If that was legally allowed, that's where I would live. What have you decorated uh, that so you, with? What's in there? I've decorated it with, I've got um, from the $2 shop, little things, you know, all sorts of exciting little things, like little packets of angels and stuff and little erasers. And uh, I've just got my glue gun. got my glue gun. Uh, my hands. I, I, I didn't want the glue gun to get any publicity, so I've covered it up with jewels where its name is. Um, it's one of my... Not sponsored. It's one of my four glue guns. <laughs> it's one of my four glue guns. So I just got little packets of like roses and plastic jewels and stuff and star stickers and just stuck them all together. And so I will wrap the money around the Christmas tree and then it, they are excited because oh. they get um, money. And then I'm excited because I got to glue something ridiculous. Oh, and do you, do you make something 
individual for everybody that you've got to buy for? As in something quite unique that you know has got meaning to them or are you just more about what I want to make, you're going to get? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. I will always have something for somebody. So I've been making these wreaths. I found these wreaths. So, again, nice but quite quite boring. Yeah. Uh, but everyone is selling Christmas decorations at the moment and so now look at that. That looks yeah. fabulous. A little, a, a little head kind of, uh, it's just like. But you could wear that as a hat. Totally could. Look, I look adorable. Spring racing, um, caters for everything. Yeah. <laughs> As a frisbee, if there's nothing to do on Christmas Day. Um, so I make I make things really shiny, but I always put one little thing that's about that person and whether it's like their name on a Christmas bauble or something that they like. I like to hide little clues in it. Uh, and I don't do that for everybody, but I do it for the people that I'm excited about. <laughs> Well, there's something to look out for when Kel gives you a gift. <laughs> Looking through going, yes. there's nothing here for me. Where's the hidden meaning in this? <laughs> this is a nice piece of soap and a candle. Like, I feel like, I feel like scented candles have replaced uh, soap sets in mm-hmm. what you give someone that you just don't know properly but you have to give a gift to yeah, it does feel like a cheats gift a little bit. Although some of them, I kind of, like my sister is very into scented candles. So for her birthday this year, I thought I'm going to go all out and get her a super beautiful one, right? They're like a hundred something dollars. Oh yeah, dollars. they are so expensive. <laughs> but you could make them. <laughs> I could make them. And, you know, there's lots of things you can do Um as well as giving someone something you've made, you can also give them the craft for them to make. So for my birthday this year, my husband and son just gave me loads of tiny packets of sh- shiny things and I was really happy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could make it right. <laughs> so, like, you can do that for kids and stuff, but the other thing you can do, this is one of my favourite things, um, is that uh, I put hooks in little creatures. So you can just get them from Bunnings, the little hooks, and then you can make yourself necklaces. Oh, beautifully sophisticated, uh, elegant necklaces. You can stick a hook in anything. You could, you know, tiny shampoo bottles, anything you like. Bits of soap, probably do that. Um, <laughs> but the the thing for me is always, there's just got to be evidence of effort. Yes. But you know, there's just I've got to know that you cared enough to put some effort in. But it, can, it only needs to be tiny if it's like that, or you know, if you want to give the money, um, or um, the the other thing I've worked out is that. You have to be pretty organised for Christmas because really the best time to buy all the Christmas decorations and stuff to make shiny things is the day after Christmas. Mm. So you've really you've, you've got to have enough space to keep the box all year. I mean, maybe I'm just too frugal. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this is one of my favourite quotes then from the year is you can stick a hook in anything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and but you've got to make efforts. So what I garner from that is I'm not allowed to be leaving the house and just grabbing like the cat and just putting a hook in her and just you know here have this you know. <laughs> yeah, but something that's not going to go off while you're wearing it. I think um, or that's handy. Going to attract the attention of dogs or something. Maybe don't do that. But <laughs> what I'd like to see is the two of you at Bunnings. Ooh, I mean, yes. Oh, imagine that. Do you know um, Cal actually did a podcast during the block Mm. and so we would tune in sometimes to hear what Cal would be saying about us as contestants Uh, and and listening in and you're always very kind to us Um, but imagine us going to Bunnings you would go to all I think like all the like trinket little parts with all the tiny little fine things whereas I would be going down where all the power tools are or all the big things are the paint and everything I'd it would be chaos yet I think we could come up with some really creative things. But, you know, I reckon we would cross over. Um, one of the best presents my husband has ever given me was a set of drill bits that can yes. drill holes in porcelain. <laughs> like, how brilliant. So now, because I'm obsessed with the garden now, I've started, I've started um, doing a garden in pots because I've worked out that, that plants are just really slow pets. Like, <laughs> yes. they, just, they take a lot longer do anything but you can invest in them quite heavily and there's lots of pots around that look great inside but they've got no drainage holes and so Chris gave me a set of drill bits and I have drill holes in everything and my garden looks amazing so <laughs> that's another I mean I feel like we'd be in that section together at Bunnings being going oh I didn't know you were here oh look what I've got like that's, that's how right. one is our Venn diagram 
See, and the hot glue gun, that's your number one tool that you use. For me, it probably is the power drill or a hammer drill or something to try and add some things around the house. Um, When you do, though, make presents, because for me, you know what I get really sick of at Christmas time is when people... Like, you know, family, everyone's like, what do you want? And, you, and you're and you like, well, I don't know what I want. Like, I want people to think about it for me because I am quite a thinker when it comes to presents. Like, I think, I know what you'll love. I'm going to go and just attempt to buy it. But nobody wants to take risks anymore just in case you don't like something. I find that a lot. So this is where this unique way of making things, Kel, you're doing it, you're saving money along the way as well, but also creating these, well, creations really, that people can just hang on to and have a laugh about too. Well, when I got married, I made little table settings for every guest. So I made that they were only about that big. They weren't all Christmas trees, but I made <laughs> um, table settings for every guest with their name on. And I tried to think when I was doing those of you know something about that person, like you know, like so, Joe, you might have like a microphone and a and a cat on your little statuette, <laughs> and Bianca, you have half of Bunnings. Um, <laughs> but just personalise everything because I I like to think about the person that I'm giving the present mm. to. But at the same time, I am also not offended if you want to give a present away. Like I'm a big fan of regifting. Like so, if I if I gave you a wreath and you're like this is the most heinous thing I've ever seen. I would be quite happy for you to pass that on to someone that loved it. And yeah, like, cause we don't, we don't need more stuff. And if you're no. not into it, just pass it on. Yeah. I have to say, I'm really passionate about, uh, we don't need more stuff. It's mm-hmm. actually one of the things that I'm most often, that's what I yell just randomly around my house. Cause my <laughs> husband and my child are consumers. They just want stuff and I hate stuff. So I'm always saying no more stuff. Don't get any more stuff in this place. Um, And I blame gift giving sometimes. Mm -hmm. I think people, you're right, they don't know what to give you. So the next thing, they've been in Kmart and they've, you know, God bless Kmart, I love it, but (laughs) they've been in there and they've bought just, you know, another, I don't know, how many how many coffee cups do you need? Yeah. How many how many of those, you know, those grating things? Or like I just you know that's that's what hard hard rubbish comes about because of gift giving. Totally. Yeah. So there's two things about that. So Joe, if there are if there are any little shiny toys that you want to get rid of, just pass them in my direction because they have stuff to make with those. Um, but at a hook too. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yep. But also I think. When, when you're our age, when you're an adult, if you want something, you probably bought it. Like, you probably have yes. it. You don't need to give it. So, like, I'm a big fan of, like, doing a Kris Kringle or, what, or a Secret Santa where you just have to buy one present for one of the adults in your family. Mm. And then that's it. So, there's evidence of effort. I thought about the present I was going to give you, but I didn't have to think of presents for everybody. One year, I was running low on ideas when we were still all giving each other presents as adults. And I gave... Um, every family member a hammock and people injured themselves by boxing day everyone had put the hammocks away it was just the worst (laughs) (laughs) the worst thing i could have done i do feel like a hammock is a really specific gift (laughs) like you have to have the trees to hang it between you have to be the kind of body shape that can actually sit in a hammock (laughs) not all of us are natural hammock liars like that takes skill Turns out none of the Wilsons are uh, uh, not natural hammock dwellers. That's, that's, that's a, but the bad, the, the, ter- the thing, the worst kind of gifts that you can get. This is just personally for me. Is like I'm good with outdoor pots. I'm good at the garden now, but I cannot keep a pot plant alive mm. inside to save myself. Mm. I got given an orchid, mm. and to me, that is an act of war, isn't it? Like, that's what you're doing. <laughs> of handing this plant over and going let's see how much of a capable adult you are (laughs) and so my mother-in-law gave me an orchid killed it within two weeks and now when she comes over I feel like I've got to tell her that it's just out visiting a friend or something like (laughs) I don't want her to know that it died. Couldn't you say like we all said to our children when we uh unfortunately a guinea pig or a rabbit didn't quite make it it's just gone to another happier place. It's gone to a garden centre. It's gone to a garden centre. You know what, Cal, I'm exactly the same. I can't keep a plant alive. When people give me plants, my husband literally says, why would you do that? That's just cruelty. (laughs) (laughs) Which I'm like, okay, well, I hand that over to him. But I'm I'm guilty of giving the orchid because do you know why? You're in a rush, you're on the way somewhere and you can pull over to any florist, anything that looks remotely like a garden centre, even servos you can get orchids Mm -hmm. these days so there's not much evidence of effort 
that cow, I'm afraid. Yes. See, I, I take after my grandmother and I have a, um, I have a present box of interesting things where if someone comes over and I've forgotten that we were going to give a present or if we've got a last minute birthday party, I can go into the present box and just put a little package together and get out of the situation that way. Wow, that is mm. so organised. Oh, yeah. I don't think I've ever it's been that organised in my life. It's one of my aspirations, actually, Kale, to, <laughs> to be a person with a, a, a gift box, like, a, you know, the, the reserve gifts. Yeah. <laughs> gift cupboards, yeah. Yes, yes. I mean, it's, I've made myself sound great, but I have to be honest and say some of the things in the present box are presents that I bought for someone and then just not never got around to giving it to them. Mm. So there's like, oh, they're, they're baby grew out of the thing before I got around to posting it. So like, yes. there's a few onesies and stuff in there for children who are eight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Regifting. Yeah. Hey, so, Cal, you are um, going to be doing a show for The Fringe. Yes, yes. I can't believe it. I'm so excited to be seeing an audience and seeing all of an audience, not just from the armpits up. I mean, I will have to iron for the first time in 18 months. <laughs> <laughs> but I had my first feedback the other day with people in the room and like the first 10 minutes was just me going, oh, look, I love your shoes. Oh, wow. Oh, you got <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm just so excited to be talking to someone I'm not married to. I think there's an element too of like it's like when dogs see each other. My dog went, uh, I, she, uh, my last dog, she had surgery and so mm. she was kept from the park for about six months, right? And the first time she was in the park, she ran up behind a dog and lifted it with the effort of sniffing oh. that dog's ass, right? She actually, the dog actually <laughs> kind of elevated, like levitated from her effort of sniffing that. So I wonder if it's a bit like that when you get into a room, Cal, we're just like, I can smell people. And you're just like... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I hope I'm not lifting audience members off their seats with my nose. But yeah. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Um, we do get along to see Cal, I believe it's 11 and 12 of December. Yeah, 11th and 12th in uh, the parlour in France, part of the So Soiree Festival. Loads of good comedians are doing it. Dave Thornton and Claire Hooper are two others that spring to mind. Um, and it will be great. And uh, I promise it will be more than me just going, oh, you just, you just look so nice. <laughs> oh, when I'm out, I'm like, why am I wearing pants with a waistband? That's oh, weird. Yeah, it's a bit tight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because the two things that I'm so grateful for over the pandemic, and they're both technology, one is the fact that we can do stuff on the internet, and the second one is elastic waistbands. Mm. This is the best piece of technology ever invented. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, why would you wear a garment with a structured fabric? Oh, that absolutely. is madness. <laughs> hey, Cal, thank you so much. We will see you in the new year, I'm hoping. Yes, yes, you will. Uh, yeah. When I finally give you your tiny Christmas tree. Yeah, and okay. make sure you follow Cal on Instagram because some very funny photos get put up there of some of the things she's been crafting. So get along and follow her. What's your Instagram handle, Cal? At um, Cal Wilson? Calbo Wilson on Instagram. Wilson. I'm just not on TikTok. Uh, I, I still don't know what TikTok is, but I'm on it. Uh, but that's <laughs> mainly videos of being bitten by my cats. That's, that, okay. that's the genre I've gone for on TikTok. <laughs> Instagram's probably a <laughs> Thanks so much, Carl. You have an amazing Christmas and uh, good luck with your glue gun. I mean, I must—I have to just say too that you're not currently at home. So your commitment to sharing with us your crafting is you've literally taken your glue gun with you to where you are today. Or unless that's what you do. Shh, Joe. No one's going to know. In a lunch break? Come on. <laughs> are My you so- of just sneaking into the office building and setting myself up in a corner office. <laughs> That's what I like to do. Yeah. Hey, thanks so much, Cal Wilson. It's a delight as always to have you, and we'll see you in the new year. you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm volure xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now, I was hoping that Winnetha Bonnie was joining us uh, next because she was supposed to be joining us. I'll tell you, we are, I'm lucky enough, uh, Bianca, to... Oh, there she is. <laughs> she had herself on, on, on... What do you call it? She like had blacked out her... Turned her camera. Camera, off. that's right. So, okay, <laughs> let me introduce her properly. Um, I'm lucky enough to meet incredible women. Over this year, I have met so many women that I just go, wow, you are so clever and so vibrant and so interesting. And this next guest I met because I really am uh, attempting and really striving to get diversity inclusion right for broad mm. radio right from the beginning so I I managed to find her online and I was like yes I want to do some proper cultural training to get this right and then in speaking with her I was like you're amazing you have to come <laughs> on broad radio and here she is Winnetha Bonnie OAM hello Winnie <laughs> Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Oh, I'm excited too, darling. Hey, so we did start speaking um, initially about diversity and inclusion, which is a little mm -hmm. bit of a sort of a, it's almost a, a, a very popular term these days. And I think people yeah. talk about it without really understanding what it means. What does it mean to you? So I actually put a post about this on, on LinkedIn yesterday. And, you know, diversity and inclusion can be really dry, can be really quite heavy in academic knowledge and terminology and things like that. But what I've been trying to do in my training with corporates is to really bring it back to what it's about. And so for me personally, diversity and inclusion is really about kindness. I mean, the word humankind has the word kind in it. And I just think as organizations, um, to put me out of business, if everyone focused on just being kind to each other, and to refocus their mindsets from what is politically correct or not to what is kind, um, I think would really create a culture of inclusion, not just in businesses and organizations, but importantly in community as well and within families. So I think for me, inclusion really is about, you know, what is a kind thing to say? What is a kind thing to do for another person as opposed to, you know, centering ourselves. And um, and it really is all about just extending the, the hand of kindness from one human being to, to another. I really love that mm. because at the end of the day, inclusion, if you take that literally, it's about empathetically understanding there's another person to include, right? Yes. And I suppose uh, privilege comes from being blinkered to there being an, another experience. Would you agree with that, Winnie? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of similar to your passions, right? So people say, oh, I'm really super passionate about writing. Well, you haven't exactly snowboarded, you haven't climbed trees. <laughs> um, there's a whole range of life experiences that you haven't been exposed to that if you had, um, your passion might not, not necessarily be writing and might actually be something else, such as you know building furniture or something like that. So it's the same thing as humans, you know, we're only exposed to what we're exposed to um, from a really young age up into adults. And so because of that social conditioning, because of that cultural conditioning, um, we start to form world views and beliefs about ourselves, about other individuals. And that's what we mean, you know, as you shared before about having your sort of, you know, your blinkers on. So for individuals, I say the best thing that you could do is to get amongst community where others have a completely different lived experience than you, where you are the perceived minority and, and experience that, you know, feel that and, um, and listen and observe. And that will start to widen, you know, your blinkers as to the diverse range of human lived experiences. 
on this called Earth. So much of it is about a feeling, isn't it? Like when we talk about a lot of things in the world, it comes down to that feeling of how it makes you feel, putting yourself in someone else's position, how does it make them feel? And when you go into an organisation, Winnie, I would love to know, you would probably see a whole lot of fear around people. Oh, they don't want to make a mistake. They don't want to say the wrong thing. But then in, in turn, they almost do the opposite and don't do anything and don't try and extend that hand for kindness and support and, and that empathy towards other people. So when you are in these organisations, what, what's, what does it look like when you are trying to educate them and change a culture? of a business yeah absolutely well organizations are very fear orientated you know they might reframe that and call that risk yeah um you know particularly from a governance perspective but at a human level which is what i really try to bring the work down to it really is about fear so it doesn't matter if i'm speaking to ceos of large organizations or smaller sized training companies everyone is experiencing the same sort of emotions which is fear fear of getting it wrong, fear of being shamed, fear of cancel culture, fear of um, being reported, you know, in, in the media. And really that is all about us. It's about me and what's going to happen to me and my experiences and what's going to be the outlash that's going to happen. So it's, you know, in racial equity terms or in um, diversity inclusion sort of talk, we call that centering. So we're centering ourselves and our experiences rather than the other person and mm. other communities and thinking how are we going to be of service to them so the difference you know joe you talked about empathy and the difference between empathy and compassion is empathy is very much focused on pain and suffering and you can pretty much kind of almost stay there but empathy actually has a little bit of bias in it because if you've experienced a particular trauma in your life and you share that with me and i've experienced something similar i'm most likely going to feel what you're feeling and have a degree of empathy towards it. Whereas with organizations, when we're building inclusive cultures, we actually want them to take a step away from that because what happens is you can kind of really get stuck in the emotion and, um, and then you can kind of almost start centering yourself. You know, I'm feeling this because Joe shared X, Y, Z with me. And so what we need to do is actually move towards compassion because compassion takes one step away from the emotion and asks itself, what can I do to support the individual to help alleviate their pain, their suffering? And rather than you deciding what that course of action is, it's about asking the other person, how can I best support you? What do you need from me? How can I, sh- how can I show up for you? Um, so with allyship, I've, I've always talked about allyship being is really about being the person that you really needed in your worst moments, in the most traumatic moments of your life. Like, what was the person that you needed to really show up in that moment? And that's really what allyship is all about, is being that person for other individuals. And so we can absolutely get really roped into the emotion, but we actually need to step, take a step away to not stay stuck in the pain and suffering, but to ask the individual, what can I do to help and how can I serve? Because it's not about, it's not about saving, it's about serving you know, individuals and communities. So um, as you can tell, I can rant about this. I can talk about this. Oh, no. I just thank you for sharing just even that small part because already it's made me realize how sometimes I will put my empathy hat on Mm. and feel what the other person's feeling and think that I understand what they need from me rather than actually show up with a complete fresh take and go, what do you actually need from me? And asking that question, that is so powerful. It is so powerful. And I have to say too, Winnie, like I'm sitting here as a startup founder wanting to get uh you know diversity and inclusion right from the beginning like from the ground up right this is a part of our value system this is this is how we're creating our business um and 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 but you know we're two white women hearing you and understanding that we don't have the lived experience so Mm. what do we need to know how can we be good allies and how can we create the right culture within broad radio from the beginning Yeah, well, I think it's really important to acknowledge that just because someone has lived experience doesn't necessarily mean that they have diversity and inclusion expertise. And so that's where we tend to see a lot of the burden being thrown upon people with lived experience because there's this expectation or this assumption that just because they've experienced X, Y, Z in their life, 
that they somehow have all the answers to how you can be more inclusive or diverse in your content, your messaging, your platforms and things like that. So it's yes, it's absolutely important that we get people with lived experience, but we also need to make sure that they have the diversity and inclusion expertise um, as well. So definitely training is really important, but as we know from the research, one-off training is not effective. You know, how are you um, implementing that work? So with a lot of organizations, what I've now started doing is bringing myself in as what I have now called a diversity and expert in residence, uh, diversity and inclusion expert in residence. And I kind of took that term from the startups ecosystem where we'd have an entrepreneur in residence. So I basically say to them that I'm going to make your home my home for the next 12 months. We're going to do some training, but just know that I'm over here. I'm over here in the background. If you have questions, if you fall, I'll catch you. You won't be doing this work alone. I'll be standing alongside you, walking with you hand in hand as we do this work together, because it is scary. It is. There's a lot of fear and um, a whole lot of emotions that come up. And if we make mistakes together, we're going to share that responsibility. But importantly, we're going to move forward and we're going to take that action. So training is really important, but we've um, absolutely got to integrate that training into our systems, our processes and how we show up as as entities. I'd love to know from your point of view, Winnie, who is doing it well or who is well on their way to doing a great job in being inclusive and being diverse and whether it be an organization or, you know, my background being, you know, sporting teams, is there, is there people that you can kind of put up there and say, no, they're, they're really doing everything they possibly can and continuing to learn to create the best environment they can? Yeah. So, um, I think from my perspective, everyone is trying the best that I can. I mean, for me to say that one is doing better than the other would be, you know, casting judgment. Because the thing that I've learned with organizations is that everyone has a different bucket of financial and non-financial resources yeah. in terms of what they can or can't do. But what I'm seeing as a bit of a trend is a smaller size businesses that are having more traction when it comes to diversity inclusion. So when I look at my client pool and I, I work with, really large holding companies that have multiple brands, um, you know, are really large, you know, thousands of staff. And then I have other clients that have maybe five, 20 people. Um, those organizations are actually creating more traction, but I think that's because they don't have those layers of corporate policies and processes and governance in place in order to, to even get sign off. Did we get sign off for me to come in and say, <laughs> hey, I want to, I want to be part of your family. <laughs> um, we, we want you to be a part of our family, Winnie. <laughs> Yay! Yay. Um, it was interesting, though, that we were talking before we started the show around the industries we've come from. And so, you know, I'm in the media industry, which is uh, pretty far behind when it comes to diversity. Um, yep. And Bianca's come from sport, where we were talking about the different structures that have been very um like barriers all yes. around for lots of different people yeah yes. absolutely and like especially in sport you know for athletes it's been a huge topical thing in netball because you know we've out of all the the 80 elite players that play in the suncorp super netball there is one indigenous athlete and she everything comes on her when it's you know indigenous round and it's all you know she has to be out there on court everyone expects so much from her and it's so much pressure on her shoulders yet what we're realizing and all of us are to blame is that there's only one way to make it to the elite level and it's so structured in for for white girls to play the game and I look over the ditch at what New Zealand do in terms of their netball and how they develop and they embrace so many different cultures and so many different even just as smaller thing as so many different body shapes that can still play the game and I, I just look at them in awe and I shouldn't because they're our main rivals but <laughs> I look at them in awe because every time you know even just the national anthem the way they sing it in the Maori first and then they sing it in English the second and I just I don't know I get goosebumps when I listen to the national anthem because of just how much respect they pay to those that have come before them mm. we, I just I guess we're saying we're, there's so many of us are so far behind yes, yes. I feel like there's so much work to be done yeah so ironically it was it was media that got me 
plugged in t- into doing this work and it just so happens that the majority of my clients are in media creative you know uh, advertising sort of industries and sectors um but i i think for me personally doing this work you know lack of representation um, particularly for me in the media industry was what propelled me to start doing this work but it's also the thing that keeps me uh, really engaged it gets me up every morning and with all my clients you know i can genuinely see them trying really hard to the best of their ability trying to do this work and you know i keep reframing it as an opportunity because if we keep seeing it as a problem again that empathy uh, we're going to stay in that pain it's not going to help us move us forward because that's when fear rises up that's when shame rises up um and really it's to just reframe this simply as an opportunity yeah abs- yes absolutely these problems exist and they are problematic um but let's start to think outside the box you know we're in the media industry for example you know we're storytellers get to utilize the skills that we are exceptionally good at to look at these set of challenges and create opportunities for more equity and equality and let's stay really really action focused and and moving forward because it's not about getting it right it's just it's just about just taking incremental steps forward because they all compound over time because like what the hell like you know we're all imperfect people living in an imperfect world on this rather weird planet called earth you know we're not going to be we're not going to be perfect we're not going to get it right so why are we focusing on that why are we getting so hyped up about it let's focus on incremental changes and moves forward and leave a legacy for the next generation to pick up and to continue that work see the opportunities i love it it is so great and i know that you are running a colorful conference it's online this year so that's fantastic anyone can join from wherever they are (laughs) tell us about your conference winnie yeah so um i guess for me my own career before doing this work you know i was working in the corporate sector and i went up all the way to a ceo level and i was like where are all the other women of color uh ceos and executive leaders and things like that so i created colorful conference which is a one-day uh, event by and for women of color and allies. And it's, an again, it's an opportunity for us to come together and to do this work. Allies learning how to support women of color, learning from our stories, hearing our stories firsthand, and women of color having a safe, respectful, nurturing, but empowering place to celebrate our achievements, to highlight exceptional women of color in the community that are leading and in corporate and in business and for us to come together put our heads together and to learn how to do this work to redefine leadership to redefine entrepreneurship for ourselves and you know to really unpack how can i go on this journey in a way that's really going to be fulfilling empowering and joyful for me so it's kind of like because i have a you know i have a background as a dancer as well um so for me it's a it's a hybrid between a beyonce concert and a textbook but also a day spa so that's basically <laughs> what it is about sounds like heaven I, know. I mean why don't they offer a day spa at beyonce concerts exactly. that is madness <laughs> what a missed opportunity there so get along you can uh, register the uh, events dot humanitics dot com colorful colorful 2021 is the uh, address to check out there to get tickets to that and um yeah i just love i love it so much uh winnie thank you so much for joining us on broad radio no worries. Thank you so Aww. much. Yeah. Oh, look, and darling, we will work together next year, I promise. I can't wait. <laughs> Yay. Have a beautiful and blessed rest of the day. Aww. Yeah, you too, Winnie. You take care and we'll have more Broad Radio after this. Broad Radio. Talking inspo we love, info we need and sharing more of us. Watch and listen live every Tuesday 9am Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time at broadradio.com.au or find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and LinkedIn at Broad Radio Oz. Talk to us live. Call on 1300 8 Broad. Catch up on demand anytime, anywhere, every time, everywhere. On the train, we'll be here. 2am existential crisis, <laughs> we've got you covered. Broad Radio. Here for more.
Well, Bianca, I introduced you to a term at the top of the show called matrescence, which you should be all over because you're about to have your first baby. But I only learned it this year. It is the multi-layered transformation that a woman goes through when she becomes a mother. And to learn more about it, we welcome to the show women's health expert and life coach, Elise Clement. Hi, Elise. Hello. So, uh, uh, well, I'm well. I have to tell you, my daughter is 12, and I'm only just learning about yes. this uh, notion of the transformation you go through as a woman. But I do remember the experience and how very difficult it was for me to adjust when I had my child. So, can you explain matrescence, this new term? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, so matrescence is, um, it's not a new experience. That's something that's very important to understand, obviously, because women have been going through motherhood for a very, very long time. Um, But it's a new understanding of the transformation that women go through when they um, navigate motherhood. And here I also want to say that um, it is not something that only takes place when a woman gives birth. It's actually um, an experience that unfolds as she goes through motherhood. So your daughter is 12 years old, Joe. Um, There are more layers of transformation um, that are, you know, that may be coming up for you as you um, evolve alongside your your daughter. So the study of matrescence, um, if you want me to give a bit of of history perhaps behind the term, um, it was first coined in the 70s by an anthropologist called Dana Raphael. She is the lady who gave us the word doula as well. Oh. Um, I don't know if any of you, <laughs> if you are familiar with the, with the word doula, um, someone who comes during the birth to provide emotional support to a woman with um, birthing. And um, she was studying how women were supported beyond birth. And um, it didn't really, at the time, I mean, she, she was doing research into that area, but it didn't really take off until a little bit later on when a clinical psychologist in the US called Dr. Aurelie Athen um, likened matrescence to adolescence. And um, this is quite, I mean, it, it's fabulous, I think, in, in, in order for us to understand what happens, because we know that when a child transitions into adulthood, they will go through a period of time that is a bit Rocky, let's say, <laughs> roller coaster emotion, um, a new identity forms, um, there may be some questioning about who they are, etc. And um, matrescence, in a way, is the same for a woman who transitions through motherhood. Um, so that, that really has helped put this experience into perspective. And um, Yes, a very, very important concept for, for women to understand. So they know what, they, what they're going through is normal and they're not going crazy. <laughs> so, and I imagine, because when I saw the word actually written down, I was like, I don't even know how to pronounce it, let alone what it actually is. But you've given me a good background. And, you know, when I first found out I'm pre- I was pregnant, you know, I went through this range of emotions of being excited, but also being, uh, feeling like I love my life. Like, what have, like, what have I done? I've lo- I love the independent life that I lead. I love the work that I do. And now I'm going to have to stop everything and my world is going to completely change. And I know now that I've had a bit of a chance to get used to the hormones. I understand that sometimes that plays a role. But is that the kind of thing that you are like relating to in that this is kind of just a normal process that you go through where you do have all of these phases of transition and this is just probably the very first one that I'm going through compared to what happens for the rest of the child's life and my life? Yes, exactly. It's an understanding that it's normal to have this um, period of grieving as well, the person that we used to be um before we we get to know the new person that we're becoming as a mother and um there is a term that is used in the study of matrescence called the inner split so this this sense of like not really being who we used to be but not yet knowing who we are Mm. um that happens in that in that period of, of of um becoming a mother um and this is you know you said something earlier um in the show i think at the very beginning you were talking together and saying, you know, how women don't often share what they go through mm. to, to someone who's pregnant. 
Yeah. They, they don't really share about what's beyond, <laughs> what's awaiting them beyond <laughs> this experience. And I think this is where we need to, to, to start changing that. We need to start changing things. So more women are actually opening up about their experience, not in a way to um, make anyone scared or to, you know, um, put pressure on, on other women, but more in terms of like um, allowing, um, allowing us to not get into motherhood with false expectations of what this experience may be, um, to understand that it's fine to have, um, there is a whole spectrum of experience that's possible to, to have and that, um, you know, validating um, the, the feeling and normalizing the feelings of ambivalence that may be present sometimes as we go through this journey. And so what support mechanisms or coping mechanisms do you recommend that when you're going through these different things, the harder times, you know, what can we do? I know you've studied positive psychology and well-being, and I, I just love being able to invest some time in that. But, you know, what can we actually tangibly do to try and support ourselves through these times? Mm, great question. The first thing, um, something that Winnie mentioned just before, actually, is kindness, but kindness to self. So, um cultivating kindness towards ourselves and, and trying to understand that motherhood um, is a process, it's not an event, and giving birth, um, you know, you, you're not going to naturally you know, transition into motherhood just because you gave birth to a baby. It's a process <laughs> that requires time, it requires patience, it requires support as well. And um, unfortunately, these are things that are sometimes hard to come across in our culture. But um, it's really um, trying to be kind to yourself and also trying to um, learn right now how to ask for help and how to get the support that you need in order to, um, to feel like you, you can have the space and the time to grow into this new role and grow into this new, this, this change. I love all that you just said just then. taking some notes <laughs> oh, look, honestly because Elise the asking for help is hard and I have to say if I had known the term matrescence when I was first pregnant and then going through all the changes that you go through it would have helped me enormously after I'd given birth not to feel so guilty about how awful I was feeling because to know that it's normal and also that you can have that inner split, amazing. Mm. And also in our culture, I feel like we just expect women to suck it up. Just pretend like you haven't had a baby. Just pretend like you can go back to work and all, everything's the same. Don't show any weakness because, you know, you feel like you're going to be judged at work. And we're not giving the time for mothers to really embrace the experience in positive, gentle, loving ways to self exactly and that's a that's a very important thing that you just said is that um that concept of self-silencing that mm. we because we we don't know that it's normal to go through all of these feelings we tend to self-silence and um and pretend that nothing has changed so my experience of that was going back to work and feeling extremely um disconnected from a work i used to work in corporate feeling extremely disconnected from this work that had been so invested in and um, that I had loved for so long. And all of a sudden, here I was thinking that I would just slip back into work the way I, I used to, <laughs> to do. And, and it wasn't the case. But because no one around me or everyone around me, I should say, was expecting me to be the same, mm. I felt that I hadn't, you know, I couldn't really say anything or I felt that it wasn't probably normal what I was feeling and that no one else was going through it. So... That's also the thing when women start sharing about their experiences, when they start opening up and being real about how they feel, they enable other women the opportunity to feel validated and seen and to normalize the experience as well. I think it's one of these terms that we need to get out in the open. We need to talk about openly in the same way menopause is now being spoken about more because I remember being back at work and uh, being surrounded by people who would be coming in hungover because they'd had a big night the night before and they were getting a whole bunch of, oh, you poor thing, maybe, you know, take the morning <laughs> off or whatever. And I'm like, my Hello. baby hasn't slept for two weeks <laughs> and I'm still here and I'm not allowed to complain about that because we just don't 
honour a woman's experience in the same way. And I'm hoping that with changes in parental leave and with changes in sort of understanding, um, you know, even talking about childcare and, and the juggle of parenting, I'm really hoping that that's going to change in the future. And the more we talk about matrescence, the better. So thank you so much, Elise. It's been awesome to learn from you. Thank you so much for having me. Been a pleasure to talk to you both. Yes, yeah, so, and you two, I know that you do run workshops and all mother circles and stuff. Yes. So maybe you two should hook up. Yes, I... <laughs> absolutely. Right. We're exactly. we're already we're already connected on LinkedIn. <laughs> yes, exactly. Definitely, I would love to have you there. <laughs> um, well, and so thank you so much, Elise. It's been ace to have you on the show, and you have a beautiful thank Christmas. Thank you. Thank you so much. You too. Have a great day. Okay, uh, Bianca, it's been gorgeous to have you again. I think this is the last time I you and I are going to be so. sharing the show this year because we're wrapping up the show on the 14th of December. Yes. So well, sorry for hijacking a lot of baby chat oh on the God, show, I'm but I've with it. learned so much and I think see the opportunities like Winnie had spoken to us about and, our, mm. you know, the split, like the inner split, that just resonated so much with me already. So mm. uh, we always take so much away and, and make some unique Christmas gifts, everybody. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Thanks well, to Kel. <laughs> anyway, it's just been a delight to have you on Broad Radio this year. You'll, you'll be back next year, of Absolutely. course. Um, maybe with a baby it. in your arms oh when you bring the baby in. And then oh I'll be like, God, here, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, as always, we'll be back next Tuesday at 9am for more Broad Radio and we'll see you then. Bye. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.